Hello and welcome to Dragon Bites, the paediatric podcast aimed at paediatric trainees or anyone interested in child health. I'm Asim, one of the paediatric trainees based here in Wales. This episode, Stacey Harris, one of our other presenters for Dragon Bites, is joined by Leona Walsh, a manager at the professional support unit based in Wales. The professional support unit is a department that's dedicated to offering support to trainees working in dentistry, medicine and now pharmacy. Leona is going to explain to us how they can offer help and support and how trainees within Wales can get access to them. Take it away Stacey. I'm delighted to be joined by Leona Welsh. She's the manager for the professional support lead uh, for HEIW Health Education Improvement Wales. Thank you so much for joining me today. Pleasure. Thank you for listening. Uh, I wanted to just find out a little bit more about the uh, professional support unit, really. What What is it? Okay. Well, professional support unit it has been set up in 2008, and it's a um, increasingly more and more proactive uh, department where trainees uh, in medicine, in dentistry and, and now also in pharmacy uh, can come to and explore support needs that uh, uh, they may have in their training but also maximising on their training experience and attaining. Mm, brilliant. It's, I'm really glad that it's been set up because I'm sure it's providing support for lots of different people, isn't it? It certainly is. Um, so what sort of support do you provide? Okay, so the, the support is extremely wide-ranging and, and very much depends on the, the support needs of the individual. Um, so uh, obviously it's uh, often around uh, uh, things that will be affecting training or work, uh, but that uh, can be um, things related to progression, to health, personal circumstances and so forth. Um, our big big uh, area of work is also development of both trainers and trainees in the area of support. So we product, provide uh, workshops on uh, on the support and how best to support trainees, but also how to maximise this progression um, on mentoring skills and share best practice both in Wales and outside around the area of professional support. Wow, and um, that's something that I didn't realise that you did is workshops around that. That's really great. And do do you do them often? So yes, we go basically anywhere where we are invited, and uh, we can vary the workshops. We have one which has been uh, particularly in favour, which is called Game of Training, and through a game format, we uh, we explore the type of support needs that may people may come across, and how best to put a plan forward to ensure that the individual has a chance of progression mm-hmm. and completion of whatever they want to do. Um, and that's been very, very um, uh, well welcomed by both trainees and trainers. Um, the mentoring um, workshops uh, we offer, again, we are invited either by a specialty or by a health board to uh, do the kind of skills that you may need, both as a mentor but, but also as a mentee, in medical or dental education, mm-hmm. so it's, it's a little bit specific to uh, healthcare professionals. Mm. 
brilliant stuff. I, I can see some of the benefits for accessing support. What other sort of benefits can you have you seen? So sometimes it's just about exploring feelings or situations or circumstances, career decisions, all the kind of things that an individual may come across and ponder and perhaps doesn't want to discuss with those who they are close to or those in work circumstances but also uh, uh, more strategically on aiding progression, passing exams, so quarter of our workload is around issues with passing exams, and that can be anything from the kind of exam anxiety and ensuring that the individual goes to the exam-ex exam sitting with the best potential, but also before that, the kind of things like managing distractions, planning, uh, preparation, looking at curriculum differently, all the type of things that perhaps wouldn't necessarily be delivered in a workshop specifically for that exam. Mm. Yeah, those uh, post-graduate exams can be a killer sometimes, can't they? They were, It was a bit yeah. of a sticking point for me, but somehow, yeah, with, yeah. with support you can get through them, yeah. can't you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, like I said, a professional support unit has so many benefits, but what sort of barriers have you seen that doctors have come across when they're thinking about accessing this sort of support unit? Okay. So one of the big areas that we often, uh, well, almost every meeting ha- are asked about is confidentiality and who do we share information with? Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the quick answer to that is it, it is down to the trainee. We will not share any information that the trainee isn't uh, in control of. So a little bit like occupational health, uh, if a trainee comes to meet with us, we will have a discussion of uh, who may be shared into that conversation. Um, Obviously, if it's uh, issues that are particular around training progression, we may not be able to do that in in, in solace, we might need to involve somebody from the program. So, for example, training program director or professional support lead for that specialty may need to be involved in order to ensure that the plan is being enacted on in the specialty. But before anything is shared, the trainee will have a draft of our summary and they can decide on the content before anything goes out. Yeah, that's really important, isn't it, that, that um, trainees understand that. Um, have you noticed any other barriers other than sort of confidentiality that um, doctors have come to you with? So the general kind of perceived stigma of asking for support, and I must say in, my, in the years that I've been doing this work, it is changing this, cu- this culture of I cannot ask for support is changing. And uh, when we talk about figures, I can expand a little bit more about that we can actually evidence the the difference the kind of workshops and our work has made in how trainees come to us so the stigma is still there we're not 100 percent not not even probably 60 percent but we are seeing a big difference and that was one of the biggest things uh, that when when i started doing this work on uh, why a trainee would be very reluctant to come to Mm, yeah i'm glad to hear that um it's changing i suppose there's lots of work to be done isn't there but so I was wondering, as a trainee, how I might be able to identify somebody who might need some support, if, if, whether you had any sort of, I suppose, tips to, and things to look out for in somebody that, that you've noticed. So 
that that's a that's a Pandora's box a little bit. It's so wide. Uh, so that can be any kind of changes <coughs> that may happen in that individual's life. So it could be acute, an illness, or personal circumstances, something really challenging that has happened in in outside of work or in work. Uh, and uh, the individual needs to put a plan forward to, to, to work through that. But it can be health-related, so it can be the kind of things that uh, perhaps make our work less joyful. Uh, so certain stresses, it can be stresses around gaps in service, all those type of things. And how they come across, um, individuals can be tearful or emotional. Um, uh, the kind of stress at work that we hear through different reports that have been uh, coming out over the last year. Um, uh, individual may change appearance and uh, that could be something that can be um, maybe a trigger for somebody to say, do you, you know, is everything okay? Do you need some support? Um, from training perspective, somebody who's not engaging with evidence, so the kind of things on entering evidence on e-portfolio uh, uh, or doing workplace-based assessments, all the kind of things that are there kind of on top of the work and become secondary when exam is in a way or something else is, is in a way. And somebody who's not progressing through exam, we are dealing with individuals who are used to passing exams um, and often come to specialty exams and find if they are not passing, that is a hurdle in itself to come, come, uh, come across. Because the fact that they've always passed, it's very difficult to comprehend that they cannot get through this exam all of a sudden. Mm. Yeah. So uh, if I did uh, if I did sort of find someone who needed some support, how, what would I what could I do about it? What what sort of things could I recommend to them? So we make this uh, the the front uh, side or, or coming to the PSU really simple. We don't have any uh, referral documentation. We basically ask if, if someone wants to self-refer, they just need to call us or email us, and same with educational supervisors. But what we stress to educators, to faculty, that they need to do that with the training, not outside of them. Having an email from somebody to say, so-and-so uh, uh, in my department needs help and they know nothing about it, we probably wouldn't have, we would probably have a very stressful individual coming to us. So we work on that proactively with educators to say, sit down with your training, discuss why you feel that this would be beneficial, so that they go informed and not thinking that this is a punish, punishment to, mm. to, to go to mm. ask for support. Mm. So um, you said that you can self-refer, so you just do that by just ringing you up or um, by email, yeah? Absolutely, yeah. yes. And uh, we receive emails from, from trainees who uh, attended workshops or who've heard from other trainees that it's been useful to come come to us for support. So I suppose we would just say, you, you just tell them about the service, isn't it? And then just encourage them and yeah. say how, and, and yeah. Okay, great. So how many people refer themselves? So our total at the moment, and this is uh, going back to about 2007, is uh, 2,064 trainees have received support, so uh, for various things. If I tell you more specifically in the last year, 
So in 2019, we had 294 referrals in itself. And of those, 39% um, were self-referrals, self which is a 14% rise on the previous year. And if we go back another couple of years, we have zeros. So that's how much effect the workshops and the proactive work with both trainees and trainers have affected the, who we see and how we see trainees. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, good to hear that more people are coming forward, I suppose. I suppose it is good to hear, isn't it, that, that people, I'm sure that the need was there before, but perhaps they just didn't come forward. Is that, how, is that what your feeling is? Absolutely. We're talking about different time of year, probably 12 to 15% of training population in Wales will have some kind of a support plan in place. We're not talking about trainees who are not progressing. Many of the, the trainees we see are on outcome one, are doing really well, but have one area that they want to improve, uh, just like they would want to improve intubation or anything else, any kind of clinical skill. They might want to work on something that perhaps the training side, the clinical side, can't quite deliver. Mm. Um, and sometimes, you know, I think uh, working on something to do with your well-being actually can make a massive difference to your clinical skills. It can change everything, can't it? Um, so what you, you mentioned about some proactive work that's been done. What sort of things are happening? So mentoring is one of the areas, but also some specialties, like in paediatrics, the trainees are being very proactive on ensuring well-being is being counted for and is, is a big part of the, the kind of educational uh, environment and to have set up well-being days where uh, they offer um, uh, mindfulness and, uh, and uh, relaxation, yoga practice, all the kind of things that can actually make a difference on how you look on day-to-day -day working life and how you can uh, you can be mindful about the situations that you are in and maximize the times that you need to relax or work and so forth. Mm. Yeah, and um, that's great to hear those sorts of things are happening. Um, so after someone's ref referred themselves or, you know, being part of the referral process with their educational supervisor, um, what sort of things can they expect afterwards? So what, hap you know, what happens? Okay, so um, it's worthwhile mentioning that we are a Wales-wide service and we, whenever possible, seek to see trainees on one-to-one -one basis, face-to-face, -face, wherever they are working. So yes, some trainees come to us here in uh, uh, in Angaro Hill, uh, where we have a private office. But uh, myself and my colleagues uh, Jeremy and Christine will travel out to see see trainees wherever they are working, usually in postgraduate centres, uh, who provide us with a private space to 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 have that meeting. Um, I think that is really important part because uh, the trainees are, a, are not having to uh, take long time off work to, to come to a meeting like this, which could be another stre stress factor. So lessening that stress is a big big uh, uh, part of our ethos. 
And once they have that face-to-face -face meeting where we talk about the issues and what we need to put into place, what kind of plan, uh, we would act upon that, that particular plan. Um, we would summarise that meeting. The draft summary would first go to the trainee. We, we would agree who would be copied into that, if it's appropriate and then act upon that. So sometimes uh, I might be um, um, following up with trainee once every couple of days to see how a particular plan is, is evolving. Uh, sometimes it's four or five weeks. It depends on the situation. But certainly we don't close until everything has resolved. Or there's a, if, if there is somebody with, uh, with an ARCP who, that perhaps was um, uh, somebody that needed extra time or extra focus uh, until a positive ARCP has been reached. What sort of support do you refer people to? So it, it's not just your support unit, do you, do you refer elsewhere as well? Sir? Yes we do and we are very lucky in Wales. We have a, a, a contract with a company called Hammond Street Consultants and referral to that service is through the meeting with us but it provides the trainee with access to therapies and a huge range of therapies. So that can be any, anything from cognitive behavioural therapy to trauma-based therapies. It's, it's very, very wide and it's specific to the, the, what the trainee requires. Um, again, beneficial is the fact that it's Wales-wide and it's local to where the trainee is. So again, uh, lessening the time impact and we have access to that uh, within 48 hours of a referral from us. So there isn't a long wait because we're very aware if somebody's asking us for help, they want that and need that help now, not in six months. Um, mm. um, the other resource we have, which has been, uh, been very beneficial, is referral to educational psychologists. And that's separate to, to that arrangement. And it's very much on uh, arranging for, for, for a diagnosis for dyslexia. And this area is quite growing. Um, in the past, it might have been two, three people a year after failing exams that uh, would have the recommendation to first do an online assessment. And then if that flags uh, any dyslexia, a full assessment. Now, uh, the, the numbers are going up and up. And we're finding that uh, often individuals have thrived through their previous education but it, and, and formed their own strategies, but it's the specialty exams that have kind of unsettled those strategies that have been in place. But we have 100% uh, rate of passing after the assessment, help with specific strategies and uh, going to the exam. So really beneficial. Okay. Uh, you know we have ARCPs as part of our uh, training progression and sometimes they, you don't always get the outcome that you perhaps would have liked. Um, so like for outcome two or outcome three. Um, do you get involved at any point during the ARCP process? Yes, we do. Um, sometimes uh, actually myself or my, my colleagues will sit on a panel, either trainees sometimes request our, our support in, in the panel meeting uh, or the panel will, will suggest that we are there to make sure that support is being thought about in the, in the panel meeting. Um, but certainly after the process of ARCPs happens for all the specialties in Wales, we have a report where we have uh, outcomes for every ARCP that has to happen in that period. 
So we look at the report post the ARCPs and any outcome twos and threes that have happened in that period. Uh, we then email each of those trainees to say, we notice you have this outcome. This is our unit. This is how we can help. Please contact us if you wish. So there is no, you have to go to the PSU. Uh, the offer is there if the trainee wishes to take it. Mm. We do have a quite a large proportion who do come. Um, and I would say if someone is uh, with limited time and specific needs, there is, they've got nothing to lose. Yeah. To ask for that. Yeah, it's an opportunity, I suppose, yeah. isn't it? To, um, to, to get some help and support. Yeah, yeah brilliant. So, do, do you do any support for trainers at all? So, trainers, we cannot uh, deliver the same uh, same support as for, for trainees. However, we ensure that trainers have the tools to support their trainees in the best possible way. And if there are any specific uh, needs that a trainer might have, uh, we would be in discussion with the dean or uh, the medical director within HEIW to see what other support mechanisms are there to, to offer this individual. Oh, I see. Yeah, because I think that would be quite beneficial as well to trainers, wouldn't it? Uh, yeah, brilliant. Um, do, you <laughs> um, do you have any plans for the future? Any you know, things that you'd like to do in yeah. the next few years? So we have some immediate news, so we've been successful in expanding our team a little bit. So at the moment it's me full time, uh, two days of uh, a case manager and an associate dean on three sessions, which is very limited for the uh, amount of, of work that we do. Uh, but we've been successful in, in uh, um, uh, we'll be appointing a full-time case manager and another admin officer to, to help uh, with the workload that we have. So I can't believe that you looked after all those trainees with that amount of sessions. Goodness me, I didn't realise. I thought your team was bigger. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> uh, did, you say, did, you have, did you have anything else in the uh, in pipeline? So not at the moment, but uh, certainly we are always on the lookout of, of uh, growing that. We, we measure our outcomes, we look at areas of development, and certainly uh, being in HEIW, uh, perhaps looking at uh, being able to offer these services to other healthcare professionals, uh, those that are in medical uh, uh, specialties or medical work that is perhaps outside of the training environment, Another area. Oh yes, so I, I hadn't actually thought about that. So your service is only actually available to, to, to trainees in a training programme at the moment, isn't That's it? Right. So train, uh, trainees that are um, out of a programme don't have... Did, do they have any? Do they have any access to any support at the moment? Then just through their, uh, just through their employers, the occupational health, and uh, just through employers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I realise that. So I'm, I'm hoping to develop some resources online to for anyone to, to, to go to. So for example, if somebody who's in a medical training initiative wants to access around how I improve my exam skills, there is something that they can go to to, to access. Mm. Okay. Brilliant. Um, I've learned so much today and I hope I really hope that if somebody who listens to uh, this that they will be encouraged to see what an opportunity 
accessing the professional support unit is really and I hope that <laughs> I hope that you don't get inundated in a way as well though <laughs> you have to expand your team even more um yeah thank you so much for um having a chat to me today thank I really you. appreciate Thanks it for the opportunity. <laughs> And thank you to Stacey and Leona for a fantastically helpful and genuinely useful podcast for a lot of us out there who might be in need of support. If you do want to get in contact with a professional support unit, there are a number of ways to do so. You can email them at heiw.professionalsupport at wales.nhs.uk or you can just Google PSU HEIW and you'll be able to get to their website where you can find out more information. Join us again next week on Dragon Bite, where we'll be doing another field report, this time from the St. David's Day Conference in Cardiff. We're really looking forward to this. There are a bunch of really exciting speakers who are going to be talking there, and hopefully some of them will be willing to have a chat with us afterwards. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening to Dragon Bites.